Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the podcast today. This is Jeremiah. And I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us. Paul, today I wanted to talk about relationships and family. I think that there are so many uh, of people listening. We're talking about, you know, fellowship recently. What is the church? I mean, what's it really all about? There's disillusionment, people during the pandemic, they're shifting to online church. And, you know, I, I think for a lot of us, the reason why people are afraid of community, they're afraid of even using the term family for church is because they've been hurt by it. And I love what we kind of ended the last podcast by saying, you know, Jesus's right to rebuke and correct his church came through his desire to lay his life down. And so rather than just kind of moving to like a critical, the church is this, the church is that, I want to talk a little bit about relationship, about, you know, the hurt and pain that we all carry yeah. in life and marriage, uh, in family, in the church. Talk to us a little bit from your perspective. I know that you counsel, uh, part of your degree is in that. Talk to us about relationship, love, family. Yeah, Jeremiah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind uh, when we planted our father's house, uh, one of our core values, things that we emphasize, and I believe we do well, is family and the concepts of family. And I think when we first started out, um, I expected that that would excite more people. What Mm -hmm. I found is that it actually um, creates a lot of fear because uh, when you mention the word family, you are more than likely touching some kind of wound in a lot of people. Mm. And family, uh, it's funny, one time I was preaching and I asked, uh, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word family? And almost unanimously, the response from people, the number one answer was dysfunction. Wow. A dysfunctional family. So if you come from a dysfunctional family, an abusive family, if you were abandoned or neglected or uh, you know anything of the sorts, and, and we say the church is a family, I think we have to pause and uh, consider that that might really um, cause some trepidation in people, some fear of, uh, well, I haven't seen family done well, and you're calling this a family. And like I said, people associated family with dysfunction, uh, which for us, we like to put the fun in dysfunction. <laughs> let me let me even mention this, is even as you're talking about fear, Paul, I remember a time when we were church planning, trying to do relationship, there was a gentleman who had come from a mega church down the road. We invited him into our home. I mean, I just remember the look on this guy's face when, you know, Morgan and I as pastors were like, hey, do you want to come into our home? He was like, 
uh, you know, even just trying to talk to him about, hey, like one of the qualifications for eldership in the New Testament is hospitality. Yes. I mean, it speaks of the ability to host people, have them in your homes. And I remember he spent about six months getting immersed into our community relating, but it was like suddenly six months later, he flipped the switch he wrote me a letter, and I remember in the letter he said, I would rather go back to my megachurch, sit in the balcony, throw in my tithe rather than do relationship with you guys. And I, I exchanged some letters with him, and at the end of it he said, because relationship requires vulnerability, and I'm not willing to do that. Wow. It's a heartbreaking story, and I think a lot of people— if they were honest, uh, that is a challenge. And as we talked in the last episode, uh, there are people that, um, quite frankly, they run from the church because when things get difficult or there's a disappointment or offense or hurt feelings, um, it is obviously a lot easier to walk away. Mm. But that is where God really teaches us how to love. You know, it's actually impossible to love God without loving people. And I, what I see is people come up with this ethereal, theoretical, I don't care how intimate your prayer life is, how you go on walks with Jesus and he talks to you. If you're not in fellowship and you're not learning to love, that's God's goal in our lives. And he works that love out and into our hearts in relationships. Actually, our love for God is measured by our love for one another. I think that's the New Testament teaching and link is that my love for God manifests through and by loving other people well. And Paul, I, I, th I, think it's, I think it's worth just stopping because some of, the, some of the most highly gifted individuals that I have run into in the body of Christ are some of the rudest people I've ever met in my life. Wow. Some of the most spiritual people, you know, their intercessors have some of the worst marriages I've ever counseled in my life. And so I, I think there there is a total disconnect, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, you know, you're just laying it out there like, this is good Bible, this is how the kingdom of God works. But I think at a, a foundational issue, we have a lot of people claiming some deep spirituality with God, and you can't find it anywhere in human relationships. What 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 would you say? How how could that be? Well, I think that uh, Paul's warning in First Corinthians eight that knowledge puffs up. Okay. But love builds up. And I think, you know, the old phrase, we've all heard it most likely that people don't care uh, what you know until they know how much you care. Um, you know, I think that really caring, really loving, and really serving, that unlocks uh, people's hearts where there's a willingness to listen to you. But um, we have falsely equated maturity with knowledge. 
in the Western culture because we're thinkers, and it has plagued us as Christians. And that is why you see so many people who are sitting in in the chairs, in the pews on Sundays, and they think that they need to attend another Bible study and show up for another class and don't miss our four, five, six-week sermon series, and let's just gain more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge when it's not actually being manifested in their lives. I mean, we have incredible discussions about discipleship, but who is actually discipling people? You have people who call themselves apostles, and they've never fathered people and walked and birthed sons. It's it's asinine to me. It's a total disconnect from reality because it's in the realm of theory. And we actually end up using the body of Christ to get our needs met rather than loving her and cherishing her and serving her and putting her first. All right. We've definitely gone in deep on this podcast. So Paul, we are talking about love, relationships, family, marriage, community, we're challenging. I mean, Paul, I, I think we're challenging religion. You know, I, I think I've heard you preach before. Behind religion's veil or door is hiding hypocrisy. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you're continuing to talk about, you know, maybe this Western, you know, enterprise. I mean, we've sort of created entire models of church where we associate spirituality with knowledge yep. and church attendance and you know we we guilt trip people into what what they've done and when it when you're asking simple questions to people like you know how many love relationships do you really have in your life you know how many friendships do you really have i mean i heard a guy say some of the most friendless people he's ever met are in the ministry wow. i mean i remember being coached by an older pastor as a young pastor telling me don't get too close to people don't let them into your inner circle. And I remember telling this guy, that sounds like Pharisees. Yes. That that sounds like, that does not sound like Jesus. Or, you know, you even like read these occasional social media posts. It's like warning you of toxic people. And I'm like, Jesus Christ welcomed Judas, maybe the most toxic person ever, into his sphere he did life with dysfunctional disciples. Like this was yeah. this was not a guy who tried to distance himself from people due to his knowledge of God's will. And he let Judas keep the money box. That that blows my mind. Shout out to all the church treasurers. Just kidding. <laughs> We we might have, we might have crossed the crossed the line there. So I think you know it takes a commitment to to love, which love you know the scripture says First Corinthians thirteen that love endures all things, and he concludes it by saying love never fails. You know there is an endurance and a perseverance to love. Um, you know I I said earlier that we equate maturity with knowledge. Well, maturity is actually love. Mature Christianity is agape love growing in our hearts and being manifested in deeper and greater ways. But we also live in a culture that says love is love. 
which lacks definition, which it can, I don't even know what that means. Table is table. That's not even a logical statement because we've re- tried to redefine love and we've turned love into a feeling. And love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is a commitment. If you are planning to get married or you are married and you've been married for any length of time, you know that you are going to have to choose to love again and again and again and again. And that is what makes for a healthy, long-lasting marriage. I think it was um, Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife, who said, a happy union is uh, the marriage of two good forgivers. And so uh, an integral part of love is learning to forgive, learning to lay our lives down for each other. But there is an endurance and a perseverance to love that I think really makes relationships uh, stand the test of time. Yeah, that's so good what you're saying. And, and so, Paul, if if there is vulnerability, if there is forgiveness, you know, you, you talk to, to Christians who, who claim to be hurt by the church. And obviously that can mean a lot of different things. Right. Do, you, do you think that it is unrealistic if, if, if I'm listening to the podcast and I want relationship, I want community and I want family, by, by its very essence of love, relationship, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this without being wounded. Correct. I, 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 can't, I can't be in a healthy marriage with my own wife without conflict, without um, you know, working through, through trials. So I'm a bit concerned for people who have either already thought they tried this or people maybe who are listening today who are like, you know what, I, I want to find a group of people. We're, we're sort of saying, though, it's unrealistic to think this is just going to be daisies and roses right. and I'm going to find a church and they're going to love me and I'm going to love them and nothing's ever going to be wrong. I mean, can you take some time to dispel that? Yeah, so I think um, it's what I would call the fictional church. Okay. And and the fictional church is the perfect church. And there is no perfect church, but we have a fictional church that we come up with in our minds, and that, again, is in the realm of theory. And so I think recognizing that um, we all bring our own set of wounding and dysfunction into the mix. And so, Jeremiah, this is where I think uh, in order to be healthy, humility is such a key component of long-lasting, healthy friendships, being able to accept personal responsibility, to own Uh, our own stuff, to uh, take the low road as often as we can. Um, You know, people do come into the church with unrealistic expectations. It's actually, as you know, it's a great burden upon leaders. Um, There are people that they almost seem like they are entitled to their pastor's time, and you're not, by the way, um, where your pastor should be meeting with you one-on-one every day of the week and holding your hand. And I'm like, 
it sounds like you actually almost want a mediator between you and God when really if your pastor or your leader is healthy, he's going to point you or she's going to point you towards the Lord and help you develop and cultivate intimacy between you and God where you grow up and you're actually standing on your own two feet and you're walking with the Lord. That's what real spiritual production does in the lives of other people is it equips them and trains them and matures them so that really as you grow, you need your mentor or father, mother, etc. less and you're more dependent upon the Lord. Do you agree with that? Yeah, this is so good. And I think that that we're, we're bringing a balance at, to this subject because you have a lot of people out there, like we've said, they want relationship, they want community, but oftentimes their expectations, or you call it the fictional church, they're, they're going to place their own demands on a relationship where if you're a healthy individual and you're coming into a relationship, you're looking for ways that you can add ways that you can edify, ways that you can bless, not ways that you can take. Correct. And so there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, their definition of community and family is I am here. And because I'm here, I'm now entitled to take your money, to take your time, to take your energy, And the moment I don't get what I want, I'm going to say, the church is this, and the church isn't a family, and the church, and again, but in a family, in order for it to thrive, you have to be a contributor. Yes. In in, in a family, in order to, to thrive, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Everybody has to do their part. You have to be willing to serve, and so... As we're talking about relationship, we're talking about fellowship, I just think the listeners today also need to consider that some of the definitions or perceptions or desires out there for what the church should be is actually coming from people's own orphanhood and not the Bible. What do you think? Yeah, I it makes me think I, I wrote in my 40-day devotional, Fight the Good Fight, I wrote about uh, people that expect rejection will eventually be rejected. Wow. You have people that anticipate being rejected to the point where it is, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, you are anticipating rejection and you eventually get rejected and it's this self-fulfilling narrative that nobody can break or interrupt. Um, and if you've done the ministry for any length of time, which I, I hope many of our listeners uh, probably have, um you know that there are people that the enemy stirs up or even sends on assignment into your church to cause division and strife and to start chirping and mouthing off and gossiping and slandering. And um, you have people, again, with the, the entitlement and the demand, uh, you know, I call them leeches. They're they're literally there to, to suck your blood, to take the life of God out of you. And there's nothing reciprocal. You know, it's interesting, probably an unpopular Bible verse would be Galatians 6, 6 that says, the one who is taught the word should share with him who teaches all good things. So if you're being taught the word and you're being instructed and someone's caring for you, there you ought to share with that person all good things. I mean, perhaps 
you you don't have a, a steady walk with God, but you know, can you wash dishes or mow the grass or you know, I, it's a part of healthy love. If you call, come over to someone's house and they've made you dinner and they've served you, maybe wash the dishes, maybe ask, maybe at least sweep the floors if they've got little kids and they're making a mess, and you know, being helpful and not just showing up to take something right. like you said. So we're so many people are looking for family where they don't have to contribute. And then I believe many people are looking for family where there's no authority. And so you, you, have, you have this huge movement in the earth today where they want to just gather together loosely. They want to have fellowship. They want to have potluck. But there's no kind of spiritual authority that's helping to lay a foundation of any kind of order of any kind of protocol. And again, if you look in the nuclear family that God himself created with a man as the head of a woman, parents have a role in a home to help bring order, to help bring authority. Again, I'm convinced in a lot of people that want family, that want community, their, their expectations or what they're looking for. They're looking to be a taker yes. rather than a contributor. And they're, they're looking to do what they want when they want rather than submitting to spiritual authority or to one another in brotherly love. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I would say just to further define family, like you said, every nuclear family has an authority structure, uh, starting with the father and the mother. Um, you know, if you're looking for a, a, a fatherless family, you're actually searching for an orphanage. You're searching for a spiritual daycare that's going to allow you to do whatever you want. That's not going to set a standard of holiness and righteousness. I mean, think about Paul writing to the to the church in Corinth and telling them to uh, set the immoral brother. He says, don't even eat with such a one. Put him outside a fellowship for the destruction of his flesh that his soul might be saved. That's real authority going on there where he's saying, I'm not with you in person. I'm present in spirit. There's a standard of righteousness and order that has to happen. And there are people that they are leeches and they want family, but it's really fatherless. They want an orphanage. They want uh, something that's not going to challenge them or correct them. And and honestly, Jeremiah, it really makes me sad because I think uh, we've even seen uh, the destruction that the enemy wreaks upon uh, people, the havoc that takes place, the disorder, the, the despair. The uh, it's really like the enemy comes in like a flood, and there's no one, there's no authority to raise up that standard of the Lord against him, and he comes in, and the foxes eat uh, the fruit of the vineyard of the children of God's heart, and it's and it's really sad. Yeah, I think that we're really hitting on some strong points. You know, a lot of fingers are pointed at church leaders today. A lot of uh, uh, fingers are pointed from church leaders uh, at people today. I think our heart on this podcast, again, is just continue to try to talk 
healthy marriage, family, ministry, relationships? What are some of the realistic expectations that we can have? What are some of the unrealistic expectations that people have? And really try to, um, you know, encourage our listeners to evaluate their own hearts, the relationships that are in. I mean, I'm even just sitting here thinking, if I'm a listener today and I'm married, I'm asking myself, am I a taker in my marriage or I'm a giver? I'm, I'm asking myself if I'm a part of a church, man, do I, am I just a part of a family and I don't want to submit to any spiritual authority? Therefore, I just want to be a part of an orphanage. Am I just like a little baby at at a daycare? Uh, You know, I'm asking myself if I'm here and I've been hurt by the church. Maybe I wasn't hurt by the church. Maybe I actually ran into some leaders or people um, who actually loved me enough to try to grow me up and, yes. and, and rather than baby me. Yeah, I think that clarifying that there is legitimate church hurt. Yes. There, there is legitimate sin that has happened uh, from leadership to people. Uh, we've heard the stories. There are things. It, it's... Oh, it's it's heartbreaking. It's reprehensible the things that are happening. There is legitimate church hurt that takes time to heal, where God uh, washes us and cleanses us, and He's always going to call us into fellowship and community with His Son and with other brothers and sisters. There's legitimate church hurt, but then there's illegitimate church hurt. And if what you mean by church hurt is that someone preached the uncompromising gospel of God and it confronted you in continual and habitual sin in your life. If what you mean by being hurt by the church is that you grew weary of hearing the message of repentance or being warned about eternal damnation and hell, you've not been hurt by the church. You're actually offended with God and you're offended with his message and his messenger. And I want to encourage you, if that's you today, to repent and to realize that you have an issue with the standard of God, that you actually don't have an issue with his messenger, you have an issue with him who is the message. And to take that to the Lord and to ask him to wash you and to cleanse you and to renew you in your mind. Because Jeremiah, you just recently said it, man, I thought it was really powerful that the only people who are complaining about fiery preaching are those who want to live in continual and habitual sin. Because honestly, I love it. I, I, I understand. I mean, this podcast is called Marked for Eternity. If you're thinking about the weight of eternity And if going to hell is falling off that cliff, like if we're at the Grand Canyon, I look at the message of repentance like the guardrails at the Grand Canyon. We we can get close and we can look, but you you don't want to actually fall off. Well, people start to contempt the messengers. That's why they hated the prophets in the Old Covenant. They they hated the apostles in the New Covenant, the messengers that God sent to uh, heed the word of the Lord, and people despise them because that's an illegitimate thing where we start to contempt the message. If it's the true uncompromising gospel of Jesus, that's actually the truth that sets you free. And if you're running from the truth, surrender today, open your heart to the Lord and receive his grace and a fresh and clean slate. Powerful. Paul, thanks for joining us today. So much to chew on, to pray through. I just, I see people kneeling down. I see people reflecting 
on all that the Lord is speaking and saying. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be with you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.